Father, it's great to be in this place tonight. It's just lovely to look around and just see friends and just a sense of family that there is in this church. And Lord, we are excited about what you're doing and we are crying out to you that you would build and, 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 and continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon this wonderful fellowship. And Lord, that everything you're doing, Lord God, that you would build upon it. So Lord, as we turn to your word now, we just ask that you'd open our hearts and open our minds to hear from you. Holy Spirit, that you would anoint and bless this word, that you'd speak it to our hearts, Lord God, and you'd do us good, because we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, could you turn, please, to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. I think it's lovely how many of you actually bring your Bibles out with you to church, and some folks bring it on their, uh, I've got the app on their phone and everything like that. I think it's just a fantastic witness to see people walking into church with their Bibles. And uh, so if you have one with you tonight, turn to Psalm 63, and we're going to read verses one through to eight. O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied with the marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Because you have been my help, therefore I shall in the shadow of your wings rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. This is the inspired and authoritative word of God. And we know that he'll add his blessing to the public reading of it. What a fantastic psalm. That is just incredible. The passion, everything that just comes from that scripture is wonderful. Oh God, you are my God. Early, I will seek you. I don't think that's an instruction that we have to get up early in order to seek God. It's just an emphasis on David's passion. Early, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Amazing. Most commentators actually agree that this psalm was written at a time when David was literally in a desert. It would either have been at a time when he was running away from King Saul or at a time when he was running away from his son Absalom. Either way, he wrote this from a desert where he was hard-pressed by people who sought his life. He was hard-pressed by people who sought his life, yet his passion his absolute passion for God's presence just oozes out of every word in this scripture. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs after you. Now, whilst the reference to a dry and thirsty land is literal, there is also similar language used by David if he was the author of Psalm 42, which is spiritual Okay, this is literal language, but in Psalm 42, there's similar language, which is absolutely spiritual. Psalm 42 says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Passion, passion, 
passion. But when we actually read Psalm 42, we find that it's a passionate cry coming from a place of spiritual emptiness, from a spiritual desert. But the resolve and, and, and the passion, no matter what the psalmist was saying or where he was geographically or spiritually in a good place, in a dark place, whatever his circumstances were, his passionate desire was always to seek God, to seek God with everything that he had. My soul longs after you. So I wanted to just share a few thoughts tonight on what does it mean to seek God? What does it mean to seek God? And if you're, you're taking notes, you can maybe go home and, and reflect on these a little bit or listen to the, the recording when it goes onto the website. Firstly, I believe to seek God means to seek God's presence, which means to seek God's face. To seek God means to seek God's presence, which means to seek God's face. The Bible often challenges us to seek the face of God, to seek his presence. And presence is a common translation in the Hebrew for the word face. Presence is a common translation in the Hebrew language for the word face. And of course, the imagery that's contained in that is powerful, isn't it? Because it's imagery that carries the idea of seeking his face of intimacy with God, intimacy in our relationship with him. So firstly, seeking God's presence, or seeking God means to seek his face, intimacy, his presence. Secondly, seeking God means to desire more of him in our lives the desire more of him in our lives, that we become less so that he can become more, that he takes center place in our lives. And I've mentioned this over the last few weeks. It's about desiring more of him in our lives. However, most of us here will know tonight that that's often easier said than done. And there needs to be intentionality. That's a good word. There needs to be intentionality in the way that we seek God. Because the third point about what it means to seek God is this. Seeking God means to push past. It means to push past what is blocking us from his presence. To push past what is blocking us from his presence. Now, of course, we know that God is everywhere. And we know that we have that assurance that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Often we say that's a promise. I actually think that statement that, God will never leave us nor forsake us is stronger than a promise. I think it's a fact because promises in scripture are always accompanied by a condition. If we do this, God will do that. You read that scripture, there's no condition. There's no condition. It's not dependent on our faithfulness. It's not dependent on our sinlessness. It's not dependent on our perfection. It's just dependent on the fact God will never leave nor forsake us. It's stronger than a promise. And we know that. But why we need to seek God's face is because his manifest conscious presence is not always our experience. His manifest conscious presence is not always our experience. And there can be many reasons for that. Number one is that we can become neglectful of God and start to value other things more than him. John Piper is, is a guy who said a lot of really good things and, and one of those was this. He said, one of the great uses of Facebook and Twitter 
is that they confirm to us that prayerlessness is not due to lack of time. One of the great uses of Facebook and Twitter is that they confirm to us that prayerlessness is not due to lack of time. And that is absolutely true because you and I, we will always make time for what we value. And often we neglect God by valuing other things more. Two, we can lose awareness of God's presence because of a, a difficult or a pressured situation we find ourselves in. And what we don't do is then look to God or seek his help in it. We try to get through it on our own. Three, sinful desires can often get in the way of our awareness of God's presence in our lives. Four, we often find it easier to depend on our own strength to get us through. That is absolutely true. Do you know, one of the amazing things about this church is the absolute talent that we have. But talent can sometimes be our greatest weakness because we can find ourselves often relying on our talent and our ability than totally depending on God. So four, we can often find it easier to live life depending on our own ability and talent. And five, we can often become self-obsessed. We mentioned this on Sunday morning about how we are selfish to the core and we can often live life in that self-absorbed state. So there can be many reasons why we don't consciously sense God's presence. And it's almost like God who is there. He's, he's always with us. He never leaves us. But it's almost like he is blocked away from us by neglect, by sin, by lack of trust or whatever it might be. So the seeking of God's face, folks, is not to find him because he's not lost He's always there. It's consciously going through or going around whatever is blocking us from his presence to meet and engage with him. And that is a really important part of seeking God's face, to move through or to move around whatever's blocking the conscious sense of God's presence to seek him. So secondly, seeking God means to push past what's blocking us from his presence or to cast it upon the Lord as the Bible says. Fourthly, seeking God's face means to focus upon him. That might seem obvious, but there is a real determination in this focus. Seeking God's face means to focus on him. It is a conscious fixing, setting and, and, and focusing of our minds, our attention and our hearts, affection upon God. It's moving beyond what blocks us to focus upon him. First Chronicles 22 verse 19 says, now set your heart and set your soul to seek the Lord your God. It's intentional and it's determined. Colossians 3 verse 2 says, set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. There is an intense focus with this seeking. The Hebrew verb to seek is bakash, B-A-Q-A-S-H. That's how you would spell it phonetically. The Hebrew verb to seek is bakash, and it has this strong meaning of being fully focused and engaged in this search. Now, I remember, just to give you an example, I remember years ago, Rachel and I, before Reuben and Matthew were born, we, we took Grace down to Bangor, and we were going shopping. Grace was probably about two and a half, 
And we went into this shop, and a clothes shop, and you know the way it goes. The bloke goes off to look at the bloke stuff, and the lady goes off to look at the lady stuff, and eventually you, you meet up somewhere in the shop, usually at the till to stop the lady from buying stuff. But so we parted ways, went off and did our own thing, and then all of a sudden came back uh, to see each other, and Rachel looks at me and says, where's Grace? And I said, I, I don't know, I thought she was with you. And then Rachel gave me that look that told me exactly, no, 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 you were supposed to look after Grace. Where is she? And then I said, I don't know. And the heart sank. Because we looked around, we couldn't see her anywhere. All I could see was this revolving door out onto the busy street and the road in, in Bangor. And then all sorts of things started to go through your head. But then what happens is an intense search starts. There is nothing else that matters. We need to find grace. So we go and we look, look around the shop and we can't see her anywhere. I actually went out onto the street to start to look because I was starting to think of somebody lifted her and taken her away. It's absolute, oh, may we go, where is she? And then back into the shop and we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. And all of a sudden, I can't remember who it was, but one of us hears this little voice singing <laughs> and we follow that voice and find Grace just hiding in behind this row of clothes totally camouflaged you couldn't see her and playing with her toys and then suddenly the, the absolute relief that we find her but our hearts were fully engaged in that search it was all we were focused on the complete energy in our hearts concentrated on finding her. Now, parallel that with seeking God because that is the intensity. That is the intensity behind the Hebrew verb, bakash, to seek. It is an intense focus and search upon God. So fourthly, seeking God is about this intense focus upon him. So there are a few, it's not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, but hopefully a few helpful insights around what it means to seek God's, to seek his face intimacy, to desire more of him in our lives, to push past what's blocking his presence in our lives and fully focus our hearts and minds upon him, Bakash. And of course, we can do all of this when we seek God through his word, when we seek God through prayer, when we seek him through worship as we're going to do in a minute. But one of the most important things with seeking God, folks, is this. It's our consistency with it. One of the most important things with seeking God is our consistency with it. It's so easy to lose a sense of his presence. And that's why 1 Chronicles 16, 11 and many other scriptures say, seek his face continually. Seek his face continually. It's a continual search. We need to be consistent in our pursuit of God. Because there are far too many things, as we've said, distract and block the way. And we want to encourage every one of us here tonight to continually seek God in our lives. Not just in church on Sundays, but every day that we seek his face continually, intentionally, and with great focus. With great focus and know his presence in our lives. Often, we pray about God's presence when we think about church and we say, Lord, would you, you presence yourself in the meeting? And I pray it all the time. I prayed it about tonight. But, but then sometimes I stop and think, well, actually, how much better would it be if we didn't pray, Lord, presence yourself in the meeting, but actually became 
carriers of his presence and brought with us and carried with us a, a, a conscious sense of God's presence to the meetings. That is remarkably different. It's transformationally different where we don't just pray and go to the meeting where we think the God's presence is, but where we are consciously carrying his presence with us in our lives. That is when I think we'll start to have meetings like they had in Acts, where the walls shook because of the power and the presence and the awesomeness of the glory and presence of God. We need to seek his face continually. How transformational, folks, would it be if we also carried a conscious sense and awareness of God's presence into work, into school, into university, and when we're with our friends, it would be transformational. I assure you of that. We need to seek his face continually. So tonight, we're going to go into a section of worship here where we, we seek God's face, but the catalyst in this is that it will hopefully inspire us to keep seeking, to keep seeking God's face through his word, through prayer and worship and the good and the bad, the thick and the thin of life, that we become carriers of his conscious presence in our lives. That's transformational. What a, an inspiration David is to us. Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God early. I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a thirsty land where there is no water. May God implant that type of passion for him, for his presence, for his face in each of our hearts. May he do it. May he do it. Let's all stand together. And we're going to go into a section of worship, but before we, we, we do that, I want us to take our time because we want this to be real. We want it to be authentic and from our hearts. So as we close our, our, our eyes, I know this one thing. Every single one of us tonight wants to meet with God. No matter whether he's a million miles away from us or whether we feel he's closer than our breath, we all will want to meet with God we will all want to know more of him in our lives well let's make the most of this time together an oasis in the midst of ridiculously busy lives and let's close our eyes and let's first of all get the blocks out of the way and let's take time to do it because it's important get the blocks out of the way what's blocking you tonight from God's presence is it something that you feel you can work through or around actually look upon God's face tonight take a minute to think about that James 4 verse 8 says draw near to God and he will draw near to you that's a promise but it has a condition what's the condition that we draw near to him the onus is on us but there may be some of us here tonight and we feel that we don't even have the energy we don't even have the strength 
We don't even know how. And if that's the case, that's a block. And we need to ask God to help remove it or work through it. Please ask God to remove that block if that's you. Because that ask is you taking the onus upon us seriously to draw near to God. That is you taking the step and he will draw near to you tonight. Can we work through what's blocking to take that first step? Is it pressure? Is it worry? I guarantee you there's many of us here and we're concerned about stuff. But in the midst of pressure, folks, there are things that will determine the course we take. In the midst of pressure, there are things that will determine the course we take and they are our priorities and our choices. David in Psalm 63 was absolutely under intense pressure, running for his life. But what was his priority? What choice did he make? To seek the face of God. Let's push past the blocks. Focus our hearts upon him. And just before we come to sing, I want to read out some scriptures to us. Promises from God's word. Here it is, folks. Deuteronomy 4.29. But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Jeremiah 29.13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. The intense focus, Bakash. Matthew 7, 7, seek and you will find promises from scripture. David's passion was no matter where he was geographically or spiritually or whatever his circumstances, it was to seek God. Here's one more scripture before Stuart leads us into a lovely time of seeking him through song. Hebrews 1 verse 6, 11 verse 6, sorry, says, God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's the reward? Here's the reward. It's God himself. It's his face. It's his presence. It's intimacy with him. Let's push past. Let's focus intensely now as we seek God through worship.